Well, this morning we're going to start off by looking at two scriptures that kind of reveal to us an aspect of the Holy Spirit that the Lord wants us to discover afresh in these days. Therefore, if you've got your Bibles, could you turn with me, firstly, to Luke 24, verse 49, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Luke 24, verse 49. Jesus says, I'm sending you the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit upon you, but you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed. One of the versions says this, fully equipped with power. Everybody say power. From on high. And then go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, these final words of Jesus that he spoke here, are significant and important to us this morning. And we need to remember that when Jesus promised and gave us the Holy Spirit, he he also gave us the promise of power. Jesus' final promise and guarantee to you and to me this morning is that when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when he fills you, when he immerses you with himself, we receive power. So when you think about the Holy Spirit, when you think about the presence of God, you can't separate it from the power of God. When you think spirit, you always have to think power. That means you're not waiting. You're not longing. You're not begging. You're not pleading for power. If you have the Holy Spirit living within you right now, if you are a temple of the Spirit of God, You have power. That power of God is residing within you right now. And it gives you the ability in a corrupt and an evil world to live like an overcomer. To live like more than a conqueror. Paul said this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. He said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Your spirit man right now contains and carries the power of God. I want you to know that that's power to heal the sick. That's power to cast out devils. That's power over sin. Sin should not have power over you. You're a New Testament believer. You're in a different kingdom. You live by different rule. You have power over sin. Power over addictions. Power for life. We have power. And we've got to believe in this day and in this era, we're going to see a release of that power in our lives. You see, we've known the Spirit's presence. We've known the Spirit's anointing. But in these last of the last days, there's going to be an, 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 an unleashing of the power of God like we have never seen before. God is restoring. God is manifested. His power through his church. 
We're not here to just talk about power, sing about power, read about power. We're here to release the power of God. Because whatever we see in the Bible, we are to replicate and activate in our lives today. You know, the Greek word for power is the word dynamis. It's from where we get the word dynamo or dynamite. It means ability. It means strength. One version puts it like this, miracle energy. One translation says this, it is power that is needed to make change. If anything that we need to see in our world today, it's change. And you know, the change isn't going to come primarily through governments and through inst institutions and the spirit of this world. The world will get dark, darker, but the church of Jesus Christ will get lighter. It has to release the glory of God, the power of God, the reviving presence of God. Because without that, everything stays the same. We've got to believe, we've got to contend, we've got to press in for a full manifestation of the power of God in our day. Jesus said in Luke 24, verse 49, we read it. He said, wait until you are clothed with power from on high. Please note it's power from on high. It comes from a different kingdom. It's not natural. It is supernatural. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And I'm believing this morning that that power is going to be released in this place. I have an expectation for the sick to get healed. I have an expectation for breakthrough to come into your life. I, I, I've got an expectation that, the, that God's going to go public with his power and something's going to change and shift this day. In the mighty name of Jesus. Myself and Anna were in a meeting in Northern Ireland last year. I think it was last year or the beginning of this year. And as we were ministering, my eyes were just open. And there were, there were people waiting for healing and believing for healing. And as I looked in the room, I just saw body parts in the air. I saw legs. I saw arms. I saw hearts. And the Holy Spirit said to me, every healing that the people needs is in the room right now. Tell them to call it down. I saw into the spirit realm. I saw what God wanted to do. I saw that the spirit of the Lord was present. The power of God was present to heal. And I called the people out. I said, if you're sick, I said, stand up right now and call your healing down. And you know, as the people did that and responded in faith, there were people that, that, that were just standing in the aisle that just Im immediately got healed of diabetes. There were people that got healed from heart conditions. There, were, there was one person that had cancer in his throat that was completely healed immediately. Healing just manifests. Why? Because that's the will of God. Sometimes God wants to heal more than we want to receive. We've got to remember if Jesus saves, he also heals. It's the finished work of Christ. And I believe that we're living in a day and in an era right now where God wants to manifest his power. Signs, wonders, and miracles should happen all the time. What you read in the Gospels, what you see in the book of Acts, we're to see today why we're the continuation of Jesus. 
That's why John said, as he is, so are we in this world. Let me give you this verse of Scripture, 2 Peter 1 verse 3. It says that his divine power has given us everything. Dunamis, his power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. There is nothing missing. There is nothing lacking through the finished work of Christ. We have everything. We've just got to believe it. We just need a revelation of it. We are Christ in this world today to continue what he started. When he walked the earth, everything that the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to to do, he's empowered you to do. It's not a different Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit. Romans 8 says, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will energize Your mortal body, it is the same spirit, the same power, the same anointing. And we've got to believe it. And we've got to walk in that anointing and believe that we're going to heal the sick, cast out devils. And release the presence and power of God. Wherever we go. I'd like to give you a few keys this morning. That hopefully will help you understand What releases the power of God? You find keys in Scripture, but you know keys are important. If I take your keys this morning and you go to your car, guess what? You're not going to be able to open that car and drive that car home. If If you give me your house keys or if I take them this morning, I won't, I promise. But if I've got your house keys or if you leave them in this building, guess what? If you get to your house and you try and open the door, you ain't going to get in. Keys can seem so small. They can seem so insignificant without them. You can't open the door. You can't get to your destination. You can't unlock something. And I believe the Spirit of God this morning wants to give you An understanding of the keys that will unlock the power of God. Once you know what the keys are, you can see a manifestation of the Spirit's power. Because keys are like revelation. Once you know the truth, that's what Jesus said. The truth will set you free. So what unlocks the power of God? There are many things that unlock the power of God. But I want to give you four. Number one, God's word releases God's power. God's word releases Holy Spirit power. Let me read you some verses. Hebrews 1 verse 3, speaking of Christ. It says that he's the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. Dunamis, same word. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living. Aren't you glad it isn't just a book? It is a living book. It is God's word. For the word of God is living and powerful. Dunamis. And sharper than any two-edged sword. 
piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Church, I want to declare to you this morning that there is power in the Word of God. And when we live by the Word, and I'm telling you, in the, in the times in which we live, we have to live by the Word. When we live by the Word, when we feed on the Word, when we speak the Word, when we devour the Word, we live life in the power of the Spirit. You see, when you look at Jesus, when He walked the earth, He was the Word. The Bible says in the beginning, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John said that in John chapter 1, but also if you go to, go to the book of Revelation, John then, who wrote the book of Revelation, gets a vision of Jesus, and when he sees Jesus, in Revelation 19, verse 12 and 13, he says this. He says, his eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. And his name, you see, he has a name. And his name, Jesus, is called the Word of God. We would all agree this morning that Jesus was, Jesus is, Jesus forever will be the Word of God. When he walked the earth, he spoke. And his words had power and authority. And this morning, Jesus might be in heaven. He is at the right hand of the Father. But he's left every one of us with his word. Hallelujah. That word is living. That word is powerful. That word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the sword of the Spirit. The way you overcome is living in the power of the Holy Ghost and using the word of God as a weapon against every attack of the evil one. If you want to demolish strongholds in your life, you do it by the Word of God. If you want to see your life change, you speak the Word of God. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you, like Jesus, say, it is written, it is written, it is written. You don't negotiate with the devil. You speak the Word of God. That's why you've got to be full and overflowing with the Word of God. Sunday morning sermon, praise God for the teached word, but it ain't enough. We've got to devour this word every day. We've got to know the truth. We've got to feed on the truth. We've got to believe the truth. We've got to believe truth over what is true. So often things will come into our lives and they seem true, but they have to stand against the truth. Because it's only the truth that will set us free. We can't live without the Word of God. We must depend on the Word of God. I had a revelation concerning a verse a number of years ago in Matthew 22, verse 29. It says this. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he says this. He says, you know not the Scriptures, nor the power. Dunamis. Of God. Jesus here associates and he brings a link between Scripture and the power of God. Why? Because the Spirit and the Word aren't separated. They are one. The Word will take you to the Spirit. The Spirit will take you to the Word. And we must be a people of Spirit and Word. We must know that Word. It must change us and transform us. 
from the inside out. He said, you know not the scripture nor the power of God. Let me say this to you. The opposite is true as well. When you know the scripture, hallelujah, when you feed on the word, when the word to you is not information but revelation. I go to the word of God for revelation, not just information. If you just read and read and read and read and treat it like any other book, it won't change you. But when you come to meet with a living God, when you look for the spirit in the text, transforms you. When you meditate on the word, it changes you. When you know the scripture, you will know the power of the God. If you want your best life, make the word of God first place. Make it final authority. Stand on that word. Believe that word. Hold on to that word. I remember when my youngest child was born. She was a number of months premature. She weighed less than a bag of sugar. When I spoke to the consultants at that time, they said, well, you know, these are the facts. We don't think she's going to make it. This is true concerning her life right now. You know, when you hear what's naturally true, you've got to turn to the truth. We've got to remember that there's a difference between what is true naturally and what is true spiritually, the Word of God. And I went away from that meeting with a consultant and I went to the Word of God. And I said, Holy Spirit, you need to speak. I've heard what that doctor has said, but I need a rhema. You see, a rhema is the now word of God. I need a word right now. And General, he'll give you that word. And I remember going to the Bible and I turned to, to Psalm, I don't know if it was 71 or 73, and as I opened the word of God, I started uh, searching the scriptures. It was like the verses came off the page. And it was this, as she grew up, she will praise me. And even when she has gray hair, hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God's word is alive? It said, even when she has gray hair, she will praise and glorify my name. And you know, my daughter is alive, healthy, well today. Nothing that the doctor said concerning her not living came to pass. She's a healthy Woman who, who has a career, who's, who, who's doing what she's called to do right now. Why? Because the word of God endures forever. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. The power of God is released when we stand and we believe the word of God. When we put the word of God into action. God is watching over his word right now to perform it. You've just got to believe it. The spirit did nothing without the word. You look at Genesis 1. The spirit is hovering over the face of the waters. He's waiting to move. He's waiting to act. He's waiting to release his power and create. But he was waiting for a word. Then God said, let there 
there be light and there was light. And you know, the Holy Spirit might be brooding and working and waiting over circumstances in your life right now, but you've got to release a word. You've got to speak something in line with Scripture. You've got to release that word that's in your heart. You've got to keep on speaking it. You've got to keep on declaring it. You've got to keep on standing on the authority of that word until the Spirit of God brings into manifestation the promises that are within your heart. Don't speak doubt, please. Don't speak fear. Don't question what God has said. Stand on the authority of the word of God. Stand on scripture. Stand on that promise. Like Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, stand and having done all to stand, we stand. We ain't moving. We ain't going anywhere. You might be facing issues with your past. You might be dealing with issues in your soul. You know, when, when you're dealing with issues in yourself, And the enemy comes in and he reminds you of your past or he reminds you of things that you're going going through right now. Why don't you remind him of his future? Why don't you say, devil, if you want to fight, let's go. Let's get in that ring right now. Okay. You want to fight, we'll have a fight. Let's go to Revelation 21, 22. Let's go there. Let's see where you're destined. When you stand on the word of God and you speak scripture, you resist him. And he always has to flee. Because he is nothing against the word of God. And against the authority that you have in Christ. He is defeated. We've got to remember that. Sometimes we make the enemy so big. He is defeated. He is a defeated foe. Jesus said, I saw Satan cast like lightning out of heaven. When Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. We live in the finished work of Christ. We live on the authority of the word of God. We have victory from day to day. Victory is not based on my circumstances. Victory is not based on on, on the things that I go through in life. Victory is based on what God says I am in Christ Jesus. We stand on the word of God. So the power of God is released through the word. Secondly, the power of God is released through faith. Acts 6 verse 8, and Stephen full of faith and power, dynamis, did great signs and miracles amongst the people. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 4 and 5, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, dynamis, that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the dunamis, the power of God. Faith releases the power of God. But to be full of faith, you've got to be full of the Word. You will never be full of faith unless you're full of the Word. That's why you've got to consume and devour the Word of God. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Faith. Releases the power of God. Signs and wonders happen when we move and live as a people of faith. Many times in the Gospels, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Faith opens the door to the miraculous. We walk by 
faith. Not by sight. This is a faith walk. You might be thinking right now about faith. And you know, Jesus spoke much about faith. He spoke about small faith, great faith, little faith, mustard seed faith. Doesn't matter what measure you've got. You've got a measure of faith and you've got to use it. Jesus said if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed. Mustard seed in biblical times was so small. You could hardly see it. But he said if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain. And that mountain has to be removed. You know, we could probably go around this room this morning and go through different situations that we've gone through in life and recognize and realize when we've believed and trusted God. That's what we do as believers. We believe. We're not called unbelievers. We're called believers. Why? Because we believe in God. We have faith in God. It's what we automatically do. The Bible says that we have a measure of faith. And we've got to use that faith. I remember a number of years ago, myself and Anna were moving house. (laughs) And we were moving out of one rental house into another rental house. The house seemed ideal. And we had all the kids living at home then. And this was the Thursday, we're going to move into this new house on the Saturday. And on the Friday morning, we got a phone call from the estate agent. And he was very bright, he was very chirpy, as we say in the UK. You probably don't use that expression. He said, good morning, Mr. Edwards, I've got some bad news for you. I said, okay, give me the bad news. He said, it's Friday morning and you're supposed to be moving into the new house on Saturday morning. You can't move in. There's been a fire in that house. And everything in that house, he said, thankfully nobody was living in it, but that house was completely burnt to the ground. You have no home. I said, what are you going to do? He said, I can't do anything. We don't have any other houses. I said, you can't leave me in this dilemma. What am I going to do? We've got everything packed. We've got less than 24 hours to move out. All the kids are ready. We've given notice to the landlord. He's expecting us to get out of that house. I mean, talk about stress levels. They are up there. I said to Anna, we just need to get in the car right now and pray. We got in that car and we said, I don't know why this has happened, but all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says that God has plans for us, Anna. Well, she was saying it to me because I was up there. I mean, the veins were just popping out. She said, John, take, take a chill pill. Practice what you preach. I don't want to practice what I preach. I've got less than 24 hours to get out of this house and get in the next house. What am I going to do? She said, she said, we need to keep driving and you need to talk to the man upstairs. 
we were praying and we weren't getting any answers to today. At that time, I couldn't work out. But you know, God sees the full picture. You see, we only see the present at times. We see the past. We see the present. We don't see the overall picture of what's going on. And we're in the car and we're praying scriptures and we're declaring what Jesus said in John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. That if we pray and agree on anything in his name, it will be given to us. And we said, God, we don't understand why this has happened, but we're going to get back into peace. We're going to get back into faith. We're going to believe you that you've got something better. Monday morning, we went to another estate agent. We walked in. Calm down a bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little. We prayed. We went into this estate agent. We said, can you help us? And at that time, there was a bit of a housing crisis in the UK. You just couldn't get a house. Couldn't get a rental. As soon as they were coming on the market, they were taken. Guy turned around to me and Anna. He said, Mr. and Mrs. Edwards, he said, I have this property. Come on the market Friday afternoon. And I think it's just for you. He said, it is. It was a better house. It was a cheaper rental. It was brand new. Brand new house that was going on the market. We were praying, paying something like $100 less than the house that we were going in. It was better located for school. Everything was perfect and set up for us. Did we want to go through that? No. But did God have a better plan for us? Did he know that something was going to happen in that house in that region? Did he bring a diversion to get us into his perfect will? Yes. But we had to believe. We had to stand on the word of God. And as we stood on the word of God, his promise and his power was released. Number three, are you ready? Purity releases power. Purity releases power. If we want to see a full manifestation of the power of God in these days, there needs to be purity in the body of Christ. Can I get an amen on that? Jesus said, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Holiness is not an old-fashioned word. It is a lifestyle for the people of God. We have to be holy as he is holy. And if we want to see the manifestation of the presence of God, there must be purity in our lives because sin grieves the Spirit of God. You've got to understand that. We've got to deal with the flesh. We've got to deal with that carnal nature. How do you deal with it? You kill it. Every day. Paul said this. He said, I die daily to myself. I live to Christ. I kill that which seeks to cause me to stumble. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power, dunamis, of God. Let me say this, what I found in my life and what I feel the Spirit of God is saying to us as believers at this time. If we want to see a greater release of the power of God, yes, yes. We must be a people of the Word. Yes, we must be a people of the Spirit. 
Yes, we must walk in faith, but the cross has to be central in our lives. Because when we talk about the cross, the life of the cross, we talk about a dying to self and a living to Christ. And I feel that we're in a season right now, we're certainly seeing in the body of Christ, where God is shaking everything that can be shaken. He is burning up the dross. He is refining everything that needs to be refined. Why? Because Jesus is coming back for a pure bride that is without spot and without blemish. Paul put it like this. He said, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. What's the problem, the I? It's no longer I. We have to deal with the, the self. We've got to deal with the I. And be like Paul. He said, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Let me encourage you this morning to get the blockages out of your life. Don't stumble to those things that, that have kept you stumbling maybe for months or years. Deal with it. Cut it off. Read Romans chapter 6. Sin no longer will have dominion over you. You have the power to rule that stuff to get free. And live in freedom. We as the church can no longer live one life in private and another life in public. He is shaking everything that can be shaken. God wants transparency. He wants dedication. He wants consecration. If you're struggling this morning with faults or failures or worry or fear or sin or addiction or whatever it might be, let the Spirit of God refine you. Let the Spirit of God purify you. Let the Spirit of God bring freedom to that area because you're to live in freedom, amen? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that God loves those he disciplines. Discipline is a good thing. It brings maturity. I remember many years ago when I was pastoring, there was a a man in the church who was a very keen gardener. And I remember going to his house one day and I knocked on the door and his wife answered the door and she said, he's in the garden. So I went to see him in the garden and there he was tending rose bushes, which is a big thing in the UK. You know, you have small little gardens. And he was looking and he was pruning these rose bushes. And as I was talking to him, I just saw these flowers in full bloom. And then aggressively, I looked at my friend, and he was just cutting back the rose bushes. And I said, John, what are you doing? He said, well, John, you don't see what, what I'm doing. He said, I know what to do to bring growth. And he said, you might see something partly in bloom right now, but he was cutting back the branches. He was cutting back the stems. And I said, John, why are you doing it? He said, if I, if I cut it back now, as much as I cut it back, it will grow and increase further next season than it's done this season. I'm doing it for its own good. And you know, that's what God does with our lives. Pruning is good. Discipline is good. Change is good because it makes us and it molds us to be more like Jesus. 
And we as the people, yes, want to see a full manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. But what about the fruit of the Spirit? We need to see the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our life in, in fullness. Love, joy, kindness, all the rest of them. Peace. So purity releases the power of God. And finally, the gospel releases the power of God. We must be a people who release the gospel. We are all called to share and proclaim the gospel. Romans 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power, dynamis, of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Whether you like it or not, we are all called to preach the gospel. It's not just evangelists. It's not just Ephesians 4 ministries. It's not just the leaders. It's not just the elders. It's not just the deacons. Every one of us are called, wherever we have opportunity, to share good news in a world that's filled with bad news. We've got to be open to share good news. We've got to be praying and believing for divine appointments. People are ready. We've seen more people saved this year than in previous years. Something is shifting. People want answers. They really do. Hear me now. They want answers. They want to find truth. And they are not finding it there in the world because darkness does not reveal truth. The church of Jesus reveals truth because it's the light shining into the, the, the world. And the only answer for the world today is the gospel. You can't change a lifestyle without the gospel. There are some Christians that we meet that are talking about people, people's lifestyles and how they need to change. You will never change that without the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation, the good news that cleans a person's lives up. Then that will change their lifestyle. I've heard some people say, well, John, you know, it's so dark out there. There's gross darkness covering the face of the earth. Things are getting worse. That's true. But how about the church turns the light on? What's the answer for the darkness? We turn the light on wherever we go. We proclaim what God said in Genesis chapter 1 when darkness was covering the earth. Wherever we go, we proclaim, let there be light. We are the light. We are the conscious. We are the consciousness of God wherever we are. We're His conscience. We bring light into the darkness. I believe every one of us are called, according to the Word of God, to share the gospel. And I believe also for those that are a part of this church here, that God is going to give you fresh divine appointments. We're in a season of fresh divine appointments. I remember last year at Easter, we were doing a conference in in Ireland, and a lady was coming to the church to hear us preach on Sunday morning, resurrection morning, where we talked the, about the message of the resurrection, that Jesus is alive, and she got a phone out, and she wanted to message a friend of hers to come that morning. And when she messaged that person, she didn't message the person that she thought she was going to message. Randomly, she chose somebody else that she hadn't spoken to for over 10 years. And she texted her. 
on the way to church. And immediately that friend texted back and said, it's great to hear from you. Where's the meeting this morning? Wasn't a Christian. She said, where's the meeting this morning? She said, it's here. Just get there. She said, I need answers to the confusion. I've got, my life is in such a mess. I'm going to get there. And she got to the meeting. I preached on the, mes- on the resurrection and she was just waiting and watching all the way through that message. And by the end of the meeting, I said, I said, if anybody wants to give their life, I didn't even get through the appeal. She said, me. She stood up. She said, me, 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 me. And she gave her life to the Lord there and then. I'm telling you something. God is shaking the tree. There is fruit on the tree. He is shaking the tree. There are people ready. There are people waiting for you and for me. I can't go to your world. You can't go to my world. But we've got to go where we can and share the gospel and be prepared to be light in the darkness and make disciples. It's all about making disciples for Jesus. Not converts. Disciples. Go into the whole world and make disciples from every nation. That's what the commission in Mark 16 that Jesus has given to you and to me. And we lay hands on the sick and we cast out devils. But we make disciples. The greatest miracle that we can see is new birth. And we're coming into that season right now where there's a fresh wave of the Spirit. In these last of the last days, one final move, one final tsunami of the Spirit that's going to touch this nation and the nations of the earth so that the Spirit and the bride can say, come Lord Jesus, come. They're coming in. God's going to use you. God's going to use me. You know, this year, myself and Anna, I could give you testimony after testimony. Is this okay? Just taking a few more minutes. We were in Delaware and a lady came to the meeting. She didn't know Christ. At the end of the meeting, she gave her life to Christ. We prayed for her. She went down under the power of God. She got delivered from demons. Completely set free. Got filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe in speaking in tongues, amen. filled with the spirit she said my life has been transformed and you know the countenance on her face her face just changed the expression on her face just changed and she said are you and Anna going anywhere right now she said can you just hold on 15 minutes I said yeah she said I'm going to text my husband and he needs to get here I'm going to tell him to bring the kids they need to get here her husband came we shared the good news with him he got saved we shared it with the kids they got saved household salvation power of God releases and is released through the gospel. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Spirit of God is the power of God. He wants to release His power amongst us. His power is released through the word. His power is released through faith. His power is released through purity. And His power is released through the gospel. We've got to believe for a release of that power in this day and for a full manifestation 
of New Testament power in the church of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just for Catherine Coleman. It wasn't just for John G. Lake. It wasn't just for Smith Wigglesworth. It is for us today to move in that same realm of releasing the power of God so that the world can know through you and me that Jesus Christ is alive because word is not enough. Paul said, I didn't come just in word, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Do not miss. That is what we're going to press in for. I'm going to pray for an impartation of that power this morning. Hallelujah. In all those who are hungry, in all those that are thirsty, stand with me right now. Hallelujah.